This is the John Oakley Show podcast. That was uh, a high-speed crash. And uh, Tucker Tynan looking not good right now. Alex Pearson in for John Oakley, and it was utterly awful to watch. And uh, this happened during an OHL game with the London Knights and the Niagara Ice Dogs, where uh, 17-year-old goalie Tyler Tynan, I hope I'm saying that right, was in goal, uh, when one of the London players collided with him and the blade of the skate sliced, I guess, right above his pad, somewhere into his thigh. And it was so deep that you, you know, as soon as he went down, you saw this carpet of blood. And you just gasped because you knew it was so instant and there was so much that it was like a life and death situation. And the place just went silent because everyone in the crowds, they realized the gravity of the situation uh, as he was taken off the uh, ice. He has gone into surgery. He is out and he is expected to be okay. But it was a real heart stopper. You can see the play, actually, if you go to our Instagram at AM640. Greg Brady in here because, of course, sports was your world and now... You're filling in for me tonight. It still partly is. Now you're my world for the next 11 minutes, Alex. I'll have you in my world. Um, You know, this has happened a couple of times. I Mm -hmm. mean, goalies, uh, you know, I don't know why it hasn't happened more. We've seen this happen before with goalies, but this one was, uh, you you knew how serious it was just by the amount of blood. Absolutely. And the the equipment's changed so much. You watch old video. Even You don't even have to go back past Wayne Gretzky and Mara Lemieux, and you look at the goalies, and you're like, Where's the equipment of modern day times? And and goalies, especially Alex, have had problems, I think, with the throat area. There's a famous incident, infamous incident with yeah. Clint Malarchuk, who was a Buffalo Sabres goalie, and he was down reaching for a puck on the ground. A skate slices jugular and the amount but that's the thing. He survived, he went on, he was only out a couple months. But last night people weren't quite sure you know, to be graphic, where where the blood was coming from. And as you note, it was a lower body injury as opposed to anything uh, around the neck area, anything where, where you'd be likely to lose a lot of blood. And they're really, really lucky. And he's really lucky uh, being still with us so today. Fast. Well, it's interesting because when you see him, you see the play, he kind of goes down on his knees and the other player went up and his foot went yeah, up. Yeah, two and players slid like, into him, yeah. But you see the pad, as you know, if you play hockey, and I don't play hockey in order to really watch it, so I don't know a lot about it, but you see the pad go forward. So there's no real protection in that area. Is there nothing in technology that they've come up with? There's a lot of arteries. There's like arteries that lead to your heart in that location. You would think that they could come up with some technology for the goalie to protect that. You're right. You're bang on. And lower the lower body below the knee, they've they've started having socks that have more uh, a Kevlar fitting that are really light that are, you know, you're not going to you're not going to sweat like crazy in them and you're also it's not going to impede your speed, but for the goalies there's really nothing under that goalie pad. They don't wear regular shin pads like like regular players um, under socks. So it's all pads, and it's just the socks beneath. And any goalie who goes out and plays in a beer league on a Friday night will tell you they realize that they're you know kind of on the inside of those pads, uh, closer to that thigh and groin area. They're a lot more vulnerable than any other position on the ice. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there is something that they can work towards. There was a player who got his neck cut in a Buffalo Sabres-Florida Panthers game about 12 years ago, and then they brought in neck guards for no. junior hockey and college hockey so that your, your Adam's a, apple is protected. There was a protected. player who had his eye hit, no? Well, uh, Brian Burrard yeah. lost an eye when he was a Toronto Maple Leaf from yeah. Marion Hosa's stick. So, and you know, like that's it's incredible. No one has died on the ice in like a pro game or a junior game or a college game since 1968, and that's when they didn't wear helmets. Bill Masterson mm-hmm. famously fell backwards, and you can imagine you're. This is like seatbelts, right? We look now and we go. If helmets came in at point A, 
what the hell were we doing for the 20 years? How did we not know that your head and goalies played without masks? I know. So That's crazy. My dad was a goalie back uh, in uh, the days of his UCC days, and he, they didn't wear anything. <laughs> no, no. So it, th- this is a really fortunate kid. The, I think the great debate are... The great debate now is, will we see this young man play hockey again? He was born in Chicago. It's only his first year in the OHL. Any chance that he was getting scouted? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's had a really good season for Niagara. And also, when's it okay for the team to play again? Because they postponed their games this weekend. They're supposed to play one more game before the Christmas break next Thursday. I would, at home, I would bet you they play that game just to get that sense of normalcy back. But they, you know, that, that's always the debate. Did they make the right call by delay by postponing the game last night? They probably did because the, the opposing well, team no, was shaken you, up too. You can't play after that. The, well, the thing the thing for him though is in the area he got hit. You know, goalies have to have that flexibility to kind of do the splits. I don't know if you would be able to do that after an accident like that because you'd lose that elasticity in your legs. So, is it career ending? I don't know. But you know, he's mm. alive because they acted so. Quickly. So quickly. And and you know what? You, you make a good point. There's the physical aspect of can you keep playing? And there's the sort of trauma of the accident. I mean, there's there's the that was such a close call. You know how you're you're in a serious car accident. It takes a while to get really comfy behind the wheel again. Can he get into can he get in the goal and not just worry about pucks flying past his his face, but can he get in the goal knowing there's going to be collisions in the crease? Guys and I want to point out also something and you noted the video on it and I and I saw it too last night. The the ice had just been resurfaced and there's always that minute or two people have been to games it's glowing, it's shiny. But it's a lot more slippery, and you cannot pull up like you can five, six minutes into a period, or certainly at the end of the period. I don't know that there's anything they can do about that, but it's just a relief that we're not talking about a you know a team without a player right now, except for the injury. They they were really really fortunate, and so was Tucker Tynan. Right, and and I'm sure the other player has got to just feel awful. I mean, it was not his fault; it's a total accident, but. He, it's going to sit with him, too. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I don't know whether the OHL has been very proactive in rule changes. Um, they're really trying to minimize fighting. They've they've uh, they've put in a lot of equipment protections for players. I don't, but this might be one of those freak things. It's like auto racing, right? You see a tire fly off a car at a at the Indy 500, and if it goes into the stands or, you know, there's a car crash, and we've lost many a famous driver. Dale Earnhardt Sr. is a great example. But I don't know that that's not just the danger of the sport. But a and lot of people, a lot of the players don't like to wear the protective gear because it gets in the way of their game. Well, you're right. And and until they until they grandfathered visors into the NHL, there were still older players yeah. uh, who, and there still are some players choosing to go without it. So obviously mandatory at the OHL level, but it's not enough sometimes um, to, to play with the visor because the stick can get underneath there and, and cut you below that. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, we were talking about this in the newsroom as we were chatting about this mm-hmm. story. You know, is there some kind of technology that they could put on the goalie, almost like an underarm or like a, uh, you know, and somehow put something in it that would stop uh, something going through. I don't know if you could. Yeah, but this was like again the. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart to watch the. Vi- There's some vi- sports videos, and someone will often say to me, "Well, you need to see it so you can talk about it on the radio." And I'm like, I can talk about a murder on the radio, and I don't need to see the video of it. So I like I shy away from the really graphic stuff. But I was so curious to the point of of being a little obsessive about it last night. I'm going, how how did, if his whole upper body was okay, how did this happen, and why was there so much blood? It was well, scary. Well, that's the thing, though, because when he was tucked over, you couldn't see it, but you quickly kind of saw it like a carpet spread out. Had yeah, they yeah. not moved as quickly as they did, because they could have just wait, waited for him to get up. Had they not moved as quickly as they did, he would not be alive, because yeah. I don't know, they, they're not telling us, and they're not really tell, say, talking about the injury itself as to how serious it was, what it hit, the area it hit. 
But as I said, there's a lot of really important, you know, uh, parts of the body, arteries. They lead to your heart. We don't know what it's severed, but it's severed enough that there was such a huge amount of blood. Well, and it's hard to believe. We used to go to sports events, and we didn't have the amount of paramedics we have. We didn't have the amount of defibrillators, right, or in every arena now. I was at a game in Detroit, a Nashville-Detroit game, where a player named Yuri Fisher slumped over on the bench, and former Leafs coach Mike Babcock was the first to spot him and call the medical personnel over. So we didn't have the equipment. We didn't have the medical staff. Uh, we didn't have EMT workers at these rinks, and thank God we do now because you're right. It probably saved us his very existence. Yeah, and the crowd, of course, uh, they felt absolutely silent watching him go out. A lot of people were just like, just shocked by what they were seeing. And you're seeing that live. There's no, there's no, you know, yeah. editing any of that out. No, you so. won't forget being there one way or the other. Um, so it's a, it's probably a long road to recovery. Um, the season's only a couple months old. It'd be a tremendous story if we saw him in the league again this year. But as you point out, <laughs> rightly, like we don't have a clue. We don't have a clue what kind of, we're not even 24 hours in and you can't even think about rehabilitating until you make sure that he's stable and, and good to go home at a certain point in time. Yeah. Still at the hospital now. Yeah. And yeah. And home for him is in the United States. So yeah, I'm sure his family and that are up here. We'll wish him a speedy recovery. Greg, thanks for joining us. Awesome, Alex. Thanks. Appreciate it. That is Greg Brady. And of course, Greg Brady will be filling in for me tonight on points so you can listen to him starting at 6 30 but if you want to see that video and if you haven't seen the video and it's not gruesome or gory but it gives you uh you know a sense of how serious it is you can go over to our instagram at am 640 i think the one thing is you hope he can recover and rebuild because if he's like one of those players that they were looking at for the big times like you've made it oh how devastating for him but uh, good on the uh, coaches good on the team for acting so quickly because we could be telling a much different story than we are. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.